3: Using fragrance and being thoughtful about it, it's a form of taking care of your space and taking care of yourself and being thoughtful and intentional. It's a form of self-expression and you can weave in your personal stories and it can make you feel better. Using fragrance as that final layer of expression and home design, it can be really powerful.
1: Welcome to Being Home with Hunker, a podcast where we explore the idea of home. Not just as a place where you live, but as an expression of your identity. I'm your host, Lori Gunning-Grossman, editorial director at Hunker. Today on the show, we have Kristen Pumphrey and Thomas Newberger. Kristen and Tom are the co-founders of PF Candle Co. Based out of Los Angeles, their candles capture the true essence of California. If you're a candle lover or scent lover, chances are you have or have had one of their products in your home. Kristen started the company from their second bedroom back in 2008, with Tom joining them when they got their first order to produce 4,000 candles from West Elm, and the rest, as they say, is history. Oh, and one more thing, they're married. Kristen and Tom are DIY to the core. If they don't know something, they figure it out. They talk about how they choose scents and tell stories with their candles. They share learnings on how to start your own business, and finally, they share their top candle care tips and rescue care tips so you can have healthy, long-lasting candles. These are expert candle ideas, folks. They believe that scents help control the feeling in our home and that fragrance is the final layer in home design. Haven't you been lighting up candles more often these past couple of years? I know I have. So let's welcome our guest, Kristen Pumphrey and Tom Newberger. to the two of you. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having us. Uh, thank you. Of course. Welcome, welcome. And as you can see, I have my candle burning in the background. <laughs> I love it. My PF candle. I've got Golden Coast. And here's what I love about it. I read in your intro to your book, you were inspired to make this candle after a trip to Big Sur, being along the coast, smelling white sage, mm-hmm. the redwood trees. I mean, that is my jam. It's no wonder... That I like this smell so much.
3: That scent to me, we were pouring it in our factory on Tuesday, and it smells so fresh. It's that feeling in Big Sur where you feel you're outside, even when you're on the trail, and to capture fresh air in a jar in a fragrance is really, really hard. But Golden Coast is so special in my heart because I feel it's one of the first scents that we really started upping our fragrance game, going from, oh, this smells good. Because we just started as a candle company. That was our background, not necessarily fragrance. And Golden Coast just said, I'm going to define exactly what we're smelling. So we're smelling the redwoods. We're recapturing this memory, the feeling of being out there and hiking and the salty air, the dry sage and... It's such a special scent.
2: Yeah, I think it's the beginning of our story-based scents because every scent we release always has some sort of point of view that we can relate to. Uh, we don't just make sense for for the city of Atlanta because we're not in the city of Atlanta. We don't really have a point of reference there. So I feel like that was kind of the beginning. And we, we continue that through to even this day with our latest release, Ohio Lavender. We, if we wanted to release a lavender scent, we wanted to make sure it was personal to our experience here in Southern California.
1: Yeah. I love the connection to California because I live in California, so of course I love that. (laughs) But you are not from California, is that correct? So I'm from Virginia.
3: Tom's from California. So I married in. Okay. Okay.
1: Married in. Yes. (laughs) Welcome to the family. (laughs) But I
3: grew up and I was obsessed with California. I mean, in the 90s, it was the jam. You had no doubt. I remember the surfwear brands like Roxy, Quicksilver, and Vans was a huge inspiration to me. I wore Van shoes since it said handmade in California. And that's actually our label says made in California and that's what it's inspired by cuz I just wanted to live this California
1: lifestyle. So, I got out here as soon as I could. <laughs> so, Kristen, you started you started the candle company in your second bedroom. Yeah. And this was just a labor of love. You liked to DIY. What was the whole start of it for you?
3: Yeah, I think the seed was born when I was living in New York and working in publishing and It was 2008, so the recession hit, I lost my job, but what I had been writing about was the maker industry. It was really having a revitalization because Etsy had just launched. So part of my job was to connect with and write about these people who were makers and they were making a living selling handmade goods. And I remember the moment that I got laid off, my boss said, what are you going to do now? And I said, I'm going to move to Austin and start a business. And I did. And that's where I met Tom. But essentially, it was very simple. I wasn't sitting here going, I want to get acquired or I want to scale this business like crazy. I just wanted to sell handmade goods and to make a living by doing that. And we just started growing. And it's been really scaling on demand. I mean, we didn't even advertise until 2017. So sort of Scaling on demand
1: and responding to that, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Did you have a background in DIY? Either one of you have a background in, like, creating and making things? I
3: think that's my background in terms of just, I've been making kennels since I was 12. I always grew up, my both my grandmas were, one was a fiber artist and one did a lot of painting. And then Tom's DIY comes, I'd say from music and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. I was going to say I'm from Southern California, but I moved to Texas in 2004 because I wanted to kind of drop out and there was a big music scene there. So i moved there and I got involved in the DIY punk scene. And so generally we would kind of take warehouses and we would turn them into music venues and things like that. So I always had experience with like the advertisement of being in a band and how do you get people to show up? So that's kind of where uh, my background comes from in the DIY space.
1: And
3: then you moved in together. Oh my God. In like two months, it was crazy. It was very, it was very fast. And I was trying to get my business off the ground and Tom was working in corporate. He worked at Best Buy at the store for many, many years. So that was in Austin. And then we relocated to California in 2011 so that Tom could finish school, finishing going to college. And in California, it was make or break for my business because in Austin, I waited tables. I worked in an art gallery. I did a lot of things to sort of make it full time, you know. But in California, I just couldn't get a job. The economy was really bad. And I had no option, I think, except to make it work. So we basically built on our successes. And every time I got a big order, I would reinvest it into the business. And that's actually how Tom came on board because I was—I got interest from West Elm and that was our first really big PO. It was like 4,000 pieces. And Tom was saying, hey, I'm graduating. The economy is still not what we want it to be. What if I helped you build your business and I helped you with that West Elm order? So that's what – He did, and he came on. We've reinvested the money into the business, and we've just been growing it like that ever since, just continually reinvesting. How did West Elm find you? I did a pop-up in conjunction with Etsy at a West Elm store, and the guy who was in charge of socials put us on the West Elm LA account. And this is my Cinderella story. (laughs) So the VP of merchandising at West Elm, I guess, was looking at the tagged photos, and Left a comment on our Instagram back in the day and said, Hey, how would you like to be sold at West Elm stores? So I Googled him, I put looked him on LinkedIn, is this guy legit? And I said, Yes, I would like that. He connected me with the buying team who I don't, I feel like I don't know if they wanted to bring us on. They asked us to change the packaging and stuff like that. And then I just sort of kept on it. I just kept on it. I said, Hey, please bring us in. This guy's really interested. And Eventually, I I do wonder if I annoyed them into giving me a P.O., (laughs) but they gave us the P.O., and that's how it started.
2: I did make a commitment that I kind of would later regret because I said I would make all the candles, not knowing how big that P.O. would be. Uh, We could make maybe 50 to 80 candles a day, and the P.O. ended up being like 4,000 candles, so it was about 40 days of 12 hours working just to make that order. So it was a lot of work.
3: But you're leaving out that we had just gotten married. So that was our honeymoon phase was doing these like 12-hour days back to back. Just really throw it in the fryer, you know?
1: (laughs) Wow. So were you guys just figuring it out as you went along from the very beginning, just the whole business of it? That's, I think, our mantra when I think about really who PF
3: is, DIY to the core in terms of if— We don't know how to do something, we're Googling it. You know, I'm deep internet searching. How do I do this? How do I respond to this? How do I deal with a um, personnel issue? What are the proper profit margins that we need to have and really? teaching ourselves. And then we've slowly started adding skills in where we'll take perfumery classes and growing in that way.
2: Yeah. Google has a decent amount of resources on how to run a restaurant, I guess. (laughs) Uh, And I think I've taken a lot of those resources and applied it to us like what your margin should be, how much you should be spending on rent. It's all there for if you want to run, run a restaurant, but for a candle company, it's not necessarily there. So we just kind of took what we could find and just made it work.
3: We watched a lot of Shark Tank, too. You did? Yes. I quote it all the time. Don't keep your money in inventory. I quote, I love it. It's, there's these nuggets in there that they're giving away for free that are
1: actually so amazing. I mean, I'm a
3: reality TV fan, so of course
1: I think that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you have to learn. You have the creative part of it, but then you have to learn how to be a manager of people, how to run a facility, the marketing, all of it.
3: Yeah, the marketing and the product development and the creative stuff is sort of my field. And then Mm -hmm. Tom is in charge of operations. He's like a living, breathing P&L. So he just handed off doing sales and stuff like that. But the way we grew our roles is that I was everything. Then when Tom came on board, he'd take over one part of my role. So he took over first production, then he took over shipping, then he took over sales, then he took over bookkeeping, and we just kind of went into our niches as we grew.
1: Are you guys having fun doing this together?
3: Yeah, I mean, the past two years have been insane. Let me not mince words. It has been a test every day of, oh, so you really want to do this, you know? But it's just, I think my happiest days are getting to live a life that I thought I could only dream of. Like, we bike to work, it's 16 miles round trip, and getting that moment of connection, or I guess disconnection, really, because you're not on your phone, you're not doing that, and getting to just have fun and be weird and grow a business and be surrounded by, I love my team. So that's the most fun part of it.
2: Yeah, we we get to work hard and I get to make jokes all day and have fun (laughs) and just try to be successful. It's just kind of this like, We're trying to build an environment that we never had. Like Kristen worked in restaurants. I worked at Best Buy selling cameras to people. So we're really just trying to give our staff what we never had when we were uh, employed by other people and just have fun. And Because this is all we have to do, right? So we might as well have fun and enjoy it. And then also try to make a difference. I mean, it's very important. Our ethics are a big big part of what we're doing.
1: You know, it's such a personal thing creating a product that people are bringing into their homes – and that kind of connection is meaningful to people. And have you guys seen any changes since the pandemic and how people are using your product? I just feel like more and more people are lighting candles all the time now and perhaps not saving it for a rainy day anymore. <laughs> yeah. Or, or waiting for when company comes over, you know, you light the candles. What, what has changed? Well, I think
3: the phrase, life is short, burn the candle. I can't remember where I saw that. But during the shutdown... We've always been very transparent with our customers, what's going on. And during the shutdown, it was such an insane amount of support where it was so scary going into yeah. that because I didn't know, was the company going to go under? We didn't know. And they came out and supported us, but I think it's because people realized more than ever, oh, what an impact your space and your home life has on you. They're If they're stuck at home, It should be their sanctuary, it should be functional, it should be beautiful, and scent is such an important part of that.
1: Yeah, 100%. What do you think that candles, aromatherapy, and scent bring to a home?
3: You can definitely control the feeling of your home by what scent you bring in. So if you want to have a calm space, obviously everyone's going, okay, lavender, that's the obvious one, but jasmine has anti-anxiety benefits sandalwood is really calming and grounding. If you want to focus during the work day and set up your day, you get like sprigs of rosemary. Rosemary is really good for cognition. You can also use fragrance as sort of an on off switch for different parts of your routine so in the morning when i'm getting ready i like to burn paper incense it burns super fast five to ten minutes and that's scent kind of triggers okay we're getting ready we're starting our part of the day then when i get to work the first thing that i'm going to do is light a candle and maybe light some incense and that scent will trigger we're in this next part of my day and you're using fragrance as bookends for your routines. Or you can even use it, okay, I have an hour-long task, right? You light a stick of incense. When the incense is done, it's a timekeeper. So using it triggers different responses in your brain, and it can help get you automatically into the space
1: you want to be. I love that idea. How do you decide the next fragrance you're going to choose? So you guys just launched Ojai Lavender. Mm -hmm. Did you go to Ojai? Were you spending time there? Ojai Lavender came about because we wanted to release a really
3: incredible juiced up lavender. We were actually trying to recreate the lavender we used to have on our line, but make it more specific to California and really give people a connection to this place that we love. So a lot of our staff goes to Ojai all the time, and there's notes in there that are specific to Ojai, like pixie tangerines. Those are grown in Ojai. Um, but scents can come about by either someone wanting to capture a memory. So, okay, I want to capture a time I went to Ojai, or you'll take a concept of, say, I want to create a Saturday scent. This is a real concept I'm pitching to my team. Okay, I want to mix together our laundry day scent and like a little cannabis, you know, and like the scent, maybe like a little outdoor scent, and it smells like a lazy Saturday. So you'll take it, and you can either blend it in-house, or you can pitch it to one of our fragrance houses. And to our fragrance houses, we'll say, we want to see notes of oud, sandalwood, bergamot, and lavender. And then they'll give us a few responses, and we go through… Three to five rounds of testing where we're testing, do we like the scent? Is it strong enough? Do we want to tweak any notes in there? And then I'll bring it home and we're burning it in different spaces and stuff like that.
2: I, I think some of the scent development, uh, let's say with our Sunset line, gets very conceptual because that one was kind of this time and place. We wanted it to feel like california in 1970 so we're like how do we achieve that so we were looking at a lot of pictures and we were trying to evoke materials that they would use there in the candle vessel so sometimes it gets pretty complicated when we're trying to come out with and sometimes it's just simple like kristen said we just want to recreate how our house smells on sunday while we're doing laundry
3: i guess the thing that ties it all together is feeling for me because Selling fragrance online. When I first opened my Etsy shop and was selling other goods, I sold candles and I did not move a single candle because people did not want to buy fragrance online. It took years to sell my candles online. So I think you have to use imagery. You have to use words to evoke a feeling and a response in somebody. And when you smell something, it can transport you. The connection between fragrance and memory, they think it's because the amygdala, the hippocampus, that it's so close to the olfactive um, gland right here. Like they think that's why it's so connected and triggers that immediate response, but it's powerful. And then using imagery to sell that, it's always a challenge, but it's so fun. It's
1: very cool. It's like telling a story. Oh yeah, definitely. Through your candles. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Tom, what is your favorite scent of your candles?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I think it's our pinion scent because it's um based off this memory of going to new mexico and burning pinon logs and i'm very obsessed with new mexico i i kind of want to spend all my time there i'm obsessed with the culture the architecture the everything about it so i very, very much like that scent so i like the imagery around it the story i like the the scent notes because it's spicy and woodsy and i honestly i was one of the first fans of teakwood and tobacco our, our kind of our bestseller scent and uh I, I kind of, one of the reasons why we have so many woody scents, because I'm really into the woody scents. Kristen's always trying to push the the floral scents on our line or develop more floral ones, which I think is really fun to do because we're always trying to do it in new fun ways. But I'm always just sticking with the wood scents.
1: Kristen, what is your favorite scent of your candles? Oh,
3: it's so hard. It's so hard. Okay. I do like this one scent we have called Moonrise. I use it in a diffuser. Um, it's in this really pretty green jar. And It's like a balmy summer night. It reminds me of being a teenager and you're driving around and the windows are down and it feels like, I don't know, this freedom you have. You can look back now at teenage years and see that. You can't feel it then. Or I do really like the Ojai Lavender because it always feels so basic and simple to say, I love lavender, but God, there's nothing better than squeezing a lavender bush and smelling the oils on your hands and that. It just makes me feel really calm and grounded, so I love
0: that one. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: This time right now, due to the pandemic and what people are talking about, the great resignation. There are a lot of people thinking about how they want to spend their time, the work they want to do, wanting to start their own company. What would you say to people who are at that part right now in their life where they're like, I want to start my own business? What are some learnings that you have taken away and can share with people?
3: My big learning is always about having a product or a service that is different from what's already available. It just makes your job easier if you have that clear market differentiator from the beginning. So for PF... We had this unisex packaging, and we came up in a time when candles are having a moment. They're having a renaissance right now. But when we started PF, there were really, really high-end candles. There was Yankee candle. And then there were kind of like craft fair candles, which tended to be a little bit more like jelly jars and stuff. And people hadn't brought that design element to the craft fairs yet. Now there's some super cool candles at craft fairs, and it's awesome. So we were really early to market with that unisex, simple packaging, and it helped us differentiate ourselves. Because if you're coming out trying to be, I mean, the next Apple or the next PF Kendall, it's just an upward climb. And really connecting to why you? What do you offer that's about your values or about what's so different about you? And kind of thinking about the, I'm going back to feeling again. I'm really feeling today, okay? I love the feelings, I love (laughs) it. But going back to like the feeling that it evokes in people. That's what people purchase with. So they don't purchase with their mind. They purchase with their heart, you know?
2: Yeah. I agree with Chris Kristen when it, you just have to make sure that you're starting a business that makes sense, has a reason for being. I feel a lot of people, times people start a business because they can start a business. But like, oh, this is something I can do. But I think if you want to be really successful with it, you have to look at, at the market and see what there's a need for. And then not only like come out with a great product or good service or a great idea, but uh also understand that there has to be some good business fundamentals behind it too. So I do all most of our accounting. So of course I'm gonna say like your accounting fundamentals need to be good. So you can make sure you have positive <laughs> cash flow and things like that. But these are important things. If you run a good business, you don't have to worry about, you know, selling your business off to someone else. You can independently own it because you can figure out how to keep the the money in the business and running and have like a self sustainable thing that can continue growing and make a bigger difference in the long run.
3: Also, having Tom as a partner and having peers that were sort of coming up at the same time with me was really important because I had someone to bounce ideas off. And I didn't feel so alone. Like, we would just go home. I think bef- I think we've started having better work-life boundaries now. But when we would go home, when we were first starting, we would talk about work all night long. And it was this obsessive building it together that helped us grow in those beginning years to have a partner.
1: How do you guys do the separation now when you're at home from your business and being at home? How does that manifest? What does that look like?
2: I don't know. This, this is a hard one. And as the company grown, we've allowed ourselves to have better boundaries. There's a point in time where Kristen and I shared an office that was not very big of an office. It was pretty much just our desk next to each other. The company has been around for what, 12 years now?
3: Uh, no, it's 14. 14
2: years. I've only had my own office for the last four years of those 14. <laughs> uh, uh, so the physical separation has helped us and the separation of roles have helped us. To be successful in your business or at work or whatever you do, you need to bring your whole self. You can't keep part of you at home and only bring the professional part to work. This is why I like working here because I get to bring my whole self. I get to be silly. I get to have fun while I do my work. I don't have to leave the silly part at home and be only serious, Tom. Um, I get to do what I want in that regard. And so the thing is, sometimes work does come home with you because you're bringing it back and forth. But it's just trying to figure out how to, you know, maintain it. In a way that it doesn't really drive you crazy or cause you to have like a panic attack in any sort of way. It's just really working on it, going back and forth.
3: Also having hobbies. I mean, Tom, you started cycling. Tom cycles outside of our daily commute like 50 miles a week. And having a hobby to do that you can put your attention and focus on that's not your business, so important. Yeah. What's your hobby, Kristen? Um, okay, my hobby, I actually believe, is interior design.
1: <laughs> Tell me more.
3: I just love to make a warm, cozy, inviting space. I'm a total homebody, so I love going on interior design vlogs. Like yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm always going on there and, okay, what can I do? What can I mix up? I don't believe the design of your home is ever done. I think it's a living, breathing, fluid thing because you might need to, oh, this uh, box I've been using – a shelf. I need to now use it as an underbed storage, right? So it's always fluid and changing and just really creating a space that
1: feels calm and peaceful and is a sanctuary. So important. Totally agree. So how does that look in your own home? What's important to you?
3: Okay. A really cozy, deep couch is so important. I'm very tall. So uh, I'm 5'11", Tom's 6'3". We need to be able to pull our feet all the way up onto the couch and not have them hang over. This is like a comfort thing that I realized I really need. I want to sit at home and chase the light around the house. It makes me... This sounds really, really corny, but it's like the fleetingness of life to see that that light that's on the wall is never going to be the same twice. And I have so many pictures on my phone that's just literally here's some nice light on a wall, right? Um, I put up prisms all over my house uh, in the window because of that. I think definitely it has to smell good. I mean, we feel we have an obligation if people come to our house as the owner of a home fragrance company that's going to smell really, really good. And we have two dogs now. So we're working against, you know, some challenges to have it smell good. So (laughs) those are the things that are important for me.
2: I think as people who aren't like professional interior designers, right. In our design, what's important is that it's personal that we have like totems of who we are. It's one of the things that Kristen and I argue about the time is I always like to have some sort of collection showing like, I've refused to get rid of books because I'm like, that's that's my collection of books. Like if someone looks at it, they know the books I've read. So they know something about me and it's part of my design. I have a record collection that I want to show. I have a DVD collection. That one I hide away because that one's kind of pointless, (laughs) but I also at the back for me, the collections and the totems with uh, keeping organized and clean, because otherwise I get a lot of anxiety if there's clutter anywhere. And I'm always like, it needs to be clean. <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, one of the things you said about totems, Tom, though, is that I was really inspired by, we went to the Eames house, I think it was actually three years ago now, pre-pandemic. And I was struck by how they have these weird totems all over their house. You would think it would be this completely stark, minimalistic, based on what their design is, but it was really warm. I mean, they thought about the function of the space. They thought about, this is where we sit with our friends. And all everywhere there were books stacked, weird little, um, I can't even remember now, carvings, um, probably candles even. And having those set up as sort of a representation of who they were. I do that everywhere. Tom makes fun of me because I have like Crystals and seashells and rocks and things that I've collected from nature because that's the place that I always want to be if I'm not home is just out in nature. Yeah. So I'm always collecting mementos and I set them up in the windowsill or something like that to remind me.
2: Ray Eames really did like the candles. They told us that uh, she always would get two sets of candlesticks and she would keep one and you'd give one to someone else. It's kind of something she did.
1: She would give one like to a guest. You mean?
2: Yeah. So you know when you buy candlesticks you get two away. So one would stay with her and the other would go to a guest. That That was what they told us on our tour.
1: I have a question about candles in particular, because I feel like there's a thing that people always want to know. The care tips of candles, because it's a thing, right? Yes. Yes. You do have to care for it a little bit. What are your top tips of taking care of your candle? So the number one is
3: just trimming your wick. Everybody knows that not a lot of people do it. You can use scissors, you can use your fingers. Essentially, if there's a little mushroom carbon cap on the top of that wick, you have to take that off. Number one, it's gonna extend the life of your candle. It's gonna burn cleaner, slower, longer. But number two, that's what you want to avoid. Candles are completely safe to burn, but if your candle's sitting there sooting, you need to immediately put it out, trim the wick and relight it, because you don't want soot. That's the bad part of burning candles. So you want to avoid sootiness. So always trimming the wick. For the love of God, don't put your matches in there after you light it. <laughs> so no debris in the candle. Make sure it's really nice and clear.
2: I was going to say that debris can turn into an extra wick. So if you throw a match in there, yeah. you could turn your one wick candle to a two wick candle. If you throw five matches in there, it can turn into a six wick candle.
1: Oh, boy.
3: It's a safety issue with that. There's a specific way that I like to put out the candle. So I like candles with the lid, and basically I blow it out. You can dip it, but I just blow it out and immediately put the lid on to capture any smoke that's going to come out. So that just – I don't want that floating in the air. Um And then just burning it for four hours at a time. You don't really want to do it longer for safety reasons because you don't, if you're burning a container candle, you don't want the jar to overheat and you're just going to get to a point where it's burning so much that it's burning through the wax faster.
2: Kristen has the main tips for how to like really extend the life and be safe with it. But you can also rescue candles too. I think a lot of people don't understand that, that sometimes the wick, like maybe they missed the wick to candle you bought, or maybe the wind knocked it off and the, the candle wick went below the wax, but you can always dig that wick out if it self extinguishes and gets covered by the wax or you, if it's burning really low and your flame is very small, maybe pour a little bit of that wax out so that there's more wick exposed and you can get maybe a little bit of a bigger flame so that the candle burns a little bit hotter, so it can always rescue a candle, too.
3: You can do the tinfoil trick, too, where if it's burning low, and if it's burning low, it's not going to have as much of a scent throw. So if it's burning low, you wrap it in tinfoil, and it'll basically just create kind of like those emergency blankets. It heats it up more, and it'll start burning hotter.
1: What does that mean, burning low?
3: Oh, burning low is... If the flame is really small and it looks kind of purpley, it looks like it's about to extinguish, this can happen for a couple reasons. It could be a fragrance ingredient. That's the one that we see most commonly is that a specific fragrance ingredient will be clogging the wick, essentially. Or it could be that it's miswicked where the wick is a little bit too small. So typically it'll be like fragrance or it can just randomly happen. So heating the jar up will help you extend the lifetime.
1: I like these tips. A thing we talk about here on the podcast and with Hunker is about how our homes are reflections of our identities. Yeah. How do you feel like your home reflects your identities?
3: So it's such a balance because I needed my home to serve the function of being really calming, especially as I've been kind of updating our house over the past couple of years during the pandemic. I think a lot of people have been nesting during the pandemic and updating. And there were certain rooms where I said, I want this to actually feel like a boutique hotel, our bathroom. I want it to feel like a boutique hotel and feel really, really calming. However, I am not a very calm person. Like Tom and I are both a little rambunctious. We're like a little weird. And how do I bring that? How do I show that personality? And I'm torn between this vision of who I think I'm supposed to be, like what does it mean to be an adult and to be a business owner? And you see these gorgeous, beautiful spreads and like architectural Digest, you're like, oh, that's who I'm gonna be, but that's not who we really are. So I want it to feel approachable. So one rule I gave myself is like, one weird thing in every room. One thing that feels personal or has personality, so like in our living room, we have this giant smiley face lamp that's huge, because we also have a child that lives with us. So while we want it to be beautiful, it has to be fun for her. So I think that I try to weave in my personality in that way.
2: I like that. What about you, Tom? Well, I got my all my collections right. That's what makes (laughs) my home. You got your
1: records and your books. Good. uh, That's it. That's
2: it. (laughs) That's it. No, I think part of my input in what makes our home uh, us, it's always just trying to take what's there and just kind of enhance it. We live in a 1908 craftsman home. We're not looking to try and make it feel like a 2000 contemporary modern home. So it's always taking what's there, kind of enhancing it adding our unique spin our, our totems onto it and also kind of cherishing what's there. We recently kind of did a little bit of work and we were very uh, committed and not tearing really anything down uh, to, to tear apart the kitchen and just redo it. We were just like, this is the kitchen. It's a galley kitchen. That's got these cabinets, which are pretty good. How can, how can we enhance it? And I feel that's what makes things uniquely us is we're not trying to change it. We're trying to keep it eco-friendly by not throwing it all away, but to reuse it and make it better.
3: Well, it's like Kaizen. It's like small incremental changes that just slowly improve the mood. I mean, I think it's not a grand sweeping gesture that's going to make it feel different. It's like a tiny thing. Okay, there's a plant over here. There's a nice candle here. The light comes in at this angle, and I've got a rainbow prism
1: going through it. So all of those little things. Yes. And on the feeling side of things, Kristen we like our feelings. We like our feelings. Um,
3: <laughs> we like them. I'm really revealing myself here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One thing that we ask all of our guests, being that our podcast is called Being Home with Hunker, what does being home mean to you?
3: Yeah. I mean, being home really, it is a feeling. It's a feeling of equilibrium, especially as we started traveling more over the past year when things started opening up. There's just no better feeling than coming home. And that first Moment, You step into your house and the way that it smells and it smells the way it does to other people and you see it through their eyes. So being home means that it's comfortable. It's fun. It's peaceful and safe. But I think that you can take those things and take them with you wherever you go. So if you're going in a hotel, if you're moving place to place, it isn't necessarily the bones that make your home. It's how it makes you feel. Tweaking your atmosphere through design, through fragrance, through plants. You can bring that with you.
1: Yeah. How about for you, Tom? What does being home mean for you?
2: I was thinking about that pretty hard right now because for a long time <laughs> in my life I never really liked to be home I was always like let's go do something
3: he's a Sagittarius
2: mm, okay <laughs> so the last two years have been a big change to that and I was like so what have I enjoyed over this last two years and I think it's being home with family it's being home with Kristen and our daughter Poppy and really spending time with them and enjoying that time and being in the moment and so I think being at home is just leaning into that feeling and just being present
3: yeah just to be surrounded by stuff that you love and there's nothing I want more than to be able to putter around the house and just kind of move things, organize things, put things away. That's been my big go-to coping mechanism, honestly, is I'll say I need 15 minutes and I set my timer for 15 minutes and then I just putter from room to room. And I have a mantra full hands in. It's like the mantra that we used working in kitchens, right? Where you're like, full hands in, full hands out. Like if you're leaving the kitchen or going in, your hands need to be full. So I go full hands in, full hands out from room to room to room. And just the process of taking care of my space, it's this tactile way to, I don't know, give you meaning, you know? And These are my things. These represent me. I'm here, you know?
1: Yeah. I love this. As we're rounding up the conversation, I wanted to close it with asking you what is something that you would love for people who are listening to this podcast to know about PF Candle Company? I think
3: specific to PF, but specific to any fragrance, is using fragrance and being thoughtful about it. It's a form of taking care of your space and taking care of yourself and being thoughtful and intentional. It's a form of self-expression and you can weave in your personal stories and it can make you feel better without even getting into the benefits of aromatherapy. That's a whole nother topic, you know. But really just using fragrance as that final layer of expression and home design, it can be really powerful.
2: I agree Kristen fully. I, we write about it in our book, At Home With Fragrance, but it's that the fragrance makes a big difference in your home. And by supporting PF Candle Co, what you're doing is you're supporting a community of people and that community of people cares about everyone around them. We care about our customers. We care about the environment. We care about all the stakeholders. So when you use one of our products, you're helping support a community who cares about the environment and people while you're also enhancing your own environment. So I think it's this kind of circular, you kind of come back on itself.
3: Well, this was lovely. Thank you so much for having us.
1: This was great. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you. (laughs) To learn more about Kristen, Tom, and PF Candle Co., head over to their website, pfcandleco.com, where you can see all their products they offer, including candles, incense, reed diffusers, room sprays, and hand and body wash. Or find them on Instagram at pfcandleco.com. Be sure to visit our show notes for more information and direct links. Thank you for listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information about this episode or others, visit hunker.com forward slash podcast. And if you don't already, please follow our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. It really does help. Being Home with Hunker is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman. Eve Epstein is our executive producer. The podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio. Theme music by Jonathan Grossman. Special thanks to our team at Hunker, Senior Designer, Maury Men, and Director of Audience Development, Gina Goff. Hunker's mission is to inspire and empower you to create a space that expresses who you are, shows off your unique style, and makes your life happier and more productive.